Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, let the Lord break your chains right now. You just close your eyes and worship God where you are and just ask him to break every chain. Chains of depression, chains of fear, chains of doubt, chains of pain, chains of worry, chains of grief. Let him break every chain. Chains of sickness, chains of deep sadness let him break every chain hallelujah lord i hear those chains falling i hear those chains that's beautiful right there. I hear those chains falling. I hear those chains falling. Just let God cleanse you. Just, Lord, you can cleanse me. Cleanse my spirit with my tears. 
The Bible says the Lord takes our tears and gathers them and puts them in a bottle. And I believe God does that so he can examine every one of our tears because he cares about the things that have caused us to be in care. He cares about us. He cares about us. That's why the scripture said we can cast all of our cares upon him for he cares for you. And so in this caring moment of God right now, so much bereavement we've experienced. The Wilsons are here today. They just buried Sister Wilson, her, bro her, her brother, Deacon Wilson, his brother-in-law. I know that the Jenkins family is watching Sister Meeple just buried her son. I know that right now, Sister Terry and her family are waiting as her mother is gravely ill. She's got a bleed in her brain. And at 96, they're not going to operate on it. And that just, it's got a wrench at your heart. I know that the Jenkins family is struggling with the ailment of Mother Viola. I know that each of you are dealing with things in your own life. And so in this moment, while the spirit is moving, I just invite you to close your eyes and enter the presence. Just enter the presence. Just enter the presence. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord because in God's presence, there's everything we need. And so I invite you to enter the presence. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. We love you, Lord. Now, God, we thank you for speaking in this place and having your way and stirring us by the way that only you can and granting that we will receive your great gifts today. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you picked the right Sunday to come to church. Put your hands together and bless God. Let me do this. It's already been read in your hearing, so you may be seated. It's already been read in your hearing, the scripture. So I'm not going to read it again. And I'm not going to really try to preach at you. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. So in the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about what I think is a very transformative passage of scripture not always viewed in its transformational capacity. Because I told you before, most times we get excited about the midnight 
shaking and the locks and chains being taken away. But I want to talk to you again from the theme, the shakeup. And this is part three. The shakeup. This is part three. Now, now what, what strikes me today is verse 25 says, midnight, when Paul and Silas were worshiping God. That's the Ben Watts version. Praying and singing hymns of praise to God that the prisoners were listening. I just want to say this before I move on. Before I say anything else, I want to tell you that Michael Jackson was right when he said, I always feel like somebody's watching me. Scary thought, because you know yourself, but you are all the Jesus most people are gonna ever see. So I ought to tell you this, you better represent. You all this, tag your it. They're singing, they're praying, and then the earth starts shaking. I just, I just can't imagine to be in jail, in stockades, and then the ground starts shaking underneath your feet. I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel the, oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong, sir. No. Things start shaking. And then it said, <laughs> it wasn't just a little shake, but the foundation of the prison was shaken till the doors opened up. You know, some of y'all used to party. Some of y'all did last night, but some of y'all. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. You know. You remember you used to say you do party chance. You know, and some of y'all went to the club, and you do stuff like the roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I forgot how it ended. But since you said watch it, it must not be clean. I told you they've been there. But this is not just the roof. The flow is moving. Now, I don't know about you. I'm a big guy. So I've walked on some fragile grounds that have moved. And I just want you to know it's very uncomfortable. I don't like to be anywhere 
where something's moving that's not supposed to move. Don't be rattling, don't be creaking, don't make no noise, and definitely don't shake. And it's moving. And then the Bible says, chains fall. The chains start falling. It is here that I want to pitch my tent, beginning at verse 27. Because it says, when the jailer shaken, that's the word I've been used, using, S-H-A-K-E-N, shaken out of sleep, saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, thinking that the prisoners had escaped. I want, I, want to, I want to pitch my tent there because I need to tell you this few minutes I have, I want to talk about the jailer's shaken experience. Because from his vantage point, it would have been a little different than from the vantage point of those who were locked behind the doors. From his vantage point, there's going to be something a little interesting going on here. And so I want to just raise that, his experience for you. Because, see, the text suggests that he was shaken out of his sleep. Sometimes, sometimes, <clears throat> You need a shake-up in order to wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, sometimes you need a shake-up in order to wake up. And, and some of you, God has been shaking up your lives in order to wake you up. Wake up! Some of us have been asleep. We've been going through the motions. And it is though we have been asleep. Time to wake up. Wake up your disposition. Wake up your dignity. Wake up your desire. Wake up your destiny. It's time to wake up, wake up, wake up. And every now and then, God will send something through your life that will shake you just enough to get your attention and wake you up. It becomes an aha moment when all of a sudden the light in your mind goes on and you see the world differently than you did moments before. And don't you miss the shake in your life. God is trying to get your attention. For some of it's come in the form of sickness. 
Some it's come in the form of death and we've lost loved ones. Some it's come in the form of tragedies of other kinds. Some it's come in the form of employment changes. Some it's even come in the form of this pandemic. And I need to tell you, wake up! Reminder that everything you have can be taken in a fleeting moment. That all of your desire to live can be sapped from you in a fleeting incident. That you already feel like giving up and you don't even know what's going on. You're so confused by what's happening in your life. You want to quit on life and cancel tomorrow. But I want to tell you, wake up! Sometimes you've got to see the shake in your life for what it is. God's getting your attention. Yeah, you, 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 you can act like it doesn't matter. You can act like that wasn't meaningful, like it didn't mean anything. When you clutched your chest, you can act like it didn't mean anything when you felt like you couldn't get your wind in. But if you take the shaking, you get to the doctor, we may find out you've got some work that needs to be done that will preserve your life. The shakeup was to wake you up to save you. And there are times in our lives when we override the shaking of God and we miss the salvation of God that was trying to be generated by the shaking. God was trying to bless you and you got angry. You were mad. You were upset because you got a delay. You upset because you didn't make the flight. You upset because it didn't turn out the way you had planned it. But if you had just taken the shaking, you'd have saved yourself. Oh, okay, yeah. I just wanted to talk a little bit. You see, the shakeup stimulated enlightenment that would not have happened without the shaking. Mm. I'm going deep now. Come on, rock with me for a minute here. The, the shakeup stimulated an enlightenment that would not have happened without the shaking. These, this enlightenment comes physically and spiritually. Physically, he asks for light to be brought in to see what is going on. Spiritually, he gets an enlightenment from his experience with the, you gotta get this, you, there are times when God wants to bring you into a new level of awareness into the divine presence of God that is by you, near you, and in you, but you don't recognize it, and God will shake your life up so you could become back what he wants you to be. Come here. I know you didn't get it yet. So let me, let me see if I can work you a minute. Sometimes God's got to let you get shaken around 
go through your emotional gyrations in order to bring you back to your real self. Okay, okay. See, see, you don't realize it, but sometimes God will let your emotions get stirred so you can feel again. Let me say it again. God will allow your emotions to be stirred so you can feel again. Some of us have become so stagnated. We have become so numb. We have become so anesthetized that we're walking around like living zombies. And sometimes God will allow you to be shaken to the point that you will become emotionally connected to yourself once again because you lost yourself in what you were going through. And God will let you be shaken to the point where you can feel again. I know this is not the kind of preaching some of y'all like, but let me just, let me do it my way. The first thing he has is his emotionality reversed. His emotionality is reversed. What do you mean, Reverend? I mean, he was on the brink of suicide, self-destruction. What's more devastating than thinking it ain't worth living anymore? What's more devastating than having a suicidal ideation? What is more devastating than wanting to give up on life? What's more devastating than saying cancel tomorrow? If tomorrow will be like today, I don't even want to enter into my tomorrow. So cancel tomorrow for me. And in that very moment as he is ready to give up on life, God says no. There's more to live for. There's more beyond this current crisis. There's more beyond this current moment. There's more beyond this current situation. There's more beyond these current tears. There's more beyond this current tragedy. There's more beyond this current sorrow. There's more beyond this current bleak situation. I don't care how bad it is. There's more beyond. It is plus ultra. Not none plus ultra, but plus ultra. More beyond. And being at that brink, a word is spoken to him. Hold up! I want I want to tell you all this. I've been talking about Paul the last couple weeks. You might have to go ahead and listen. But listen to this. I don't care what you're going through in your own life. You ought to always be ready to sow a seed of life into another life. 
Okay. Okay, I see, I see I missed some of y'all. See, you so busy want to pray for God to do everything. But God did not come down and save that man from suicide. He was saved by the people he was having confined. Y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. You, you want to pray for somebody going through? Sometimes we've got to go and get with people. Sometimes we've got to get them to help. Sometimes it is people that have to be active. We've got to be participants in the deliverance of one another. We can't sit by and watch people struggle emotionally, struggle in their wisdom, ready to give up and not do anything. It was the people on the ground, no Holy Ghost, no speaking in tongues, no jumping and shouting. Stop! Hold your hand! Stop! He is emotionally reversed by what people did. Later on, you'll figure out how deep this really is. So come on a little more. This jailer now gets a light. He said, bring me the light. And he wants to see. He wants to see. He looks in. Paul says, no, nah, we're all here. Nobody's going anywhere. Don't, don't do anything. He, the Bible says he shouted at him. You know, sometimes a whisper won't do. Sometimes you got to raise your voice. That's why I'm glad I'm a Baptist preacher because I get to raise my voice because every now and then, you hey, you see somebody about to go off the cliff, you can't say, hold up. The Lord loves you. I bet you wouldn't be acting like that if that was your child. You'd be screaming to the top of your lungs like you're about to lose your mind. And you ought to open up your mouth sometime when it's just somebody else that you don't even know just because you have compassion as a human being. I, okay, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got he, he, the, the second thing, this is in the Bible. I'm just doing the Bible now. I'm doing the Bible. I got, I got to make sure my new bass player says, it's just the Bible. It's right here in the Bible. It's the Bible. I don't make nothing up. I just talk about the Bible. I'm talking about the Bible. The second thing in here is the man looks at him. And in verse 30, he says, and after he bought them out of the inner prison. See, they weren't just in the regular prison. They were in the inner prison. They were in the show enough inner, inner. In the dungeon. They were behind the gate, locked up. Clink, clink. They were, they, were, they were on lockdown. These are folks we sure enough don't want to get out. And then he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, I don't even know if he knows what salvation is at this point. I don't even know if he's 
asking about joining forces with Jesus? I don't know. But what we do know is this. He is ready for something different in his life. He doesn't know what it is, but he knows that it's going to be different than what he has now. Listen to me closely. There are a lot of people right now in the street who are saying, sister, what must I do to be saved? And she's not asking you to give her the points from Romans 10. No, no, no. What she's asking for is, I need something. I don't know what it is. Don't have language for it. But I know you have a connection and you might help me. Because see, what I'm looking for, watch this, is an experiential reality. I want to experience something. I don't want to just talk, I want to feel something. Let me say this here. You, you see this new thirst of young people talking about, I'm spiritual, not Christian. I'm just spiritual. Let, let me help you with that, what that is. What people are searching for is an experience with God. And guess what? The one thing you who have been born again have had is an experience with God. Now, now, some of y'all might have to dust off your dancing shoes because you ain't experienced it in a while. Some of you might have to put some lotion on your hands because they ain't clapped in a while. Some of you might have to gargle and get your voice right because you ain't yelled in a while. Some of you don't even know how to shake your body because you ain't moved in in a while. But if you know you've had an experience with God, at some point you ought to be able to lead somebody else into the experiential reality of God. Don't sit up for me. I'll be done in a minute. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I promise you, I'm almost finished. I got a few more seconds left. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I I know this is different. I know this is different. But watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. They answered and said, "I'm gonna tell you what. <clears throat> it starts out with believing in the Lord Jesus, but not just believing." But believe him as your personal savior. Entrust yourself to him. You and your whole household. If you believe something is going to happen. 
And they spoke the word of the Lord concerning eternal salvation through faith in Christ to him and to his whole household. And something transformative happened to the household. Let me give you this to you. Experiential reality, the experiential reality that created this profound spirituality the awakening of the soul's relationship to the spirit within. Okay, Watts, you, you done gone too deep. Thank you. I, I know that was, that was a little deep. See, here's what I want you to know. This is going to mess with you. The reason people are looking for spirituality is because they know intuitively they have a spirit inside of them. They have functioned in their soulishness that we refer to as the flesh. But the spirit inside of them, which is the very ruach and breath of God in them, that spirit yearns to be connected to God. Which is why you have everywhere in the world People yearning for spirituality because what they're yearning for is E.T. is trying to call home. <laughs> what's in you is trying to connect to what's greater than you. And, and since you can't listen to it, it's trying to meet up with God. And now you're trying to figure out, how do I make this connection? And I want to tell you that the only way to make the connection is spiritual conversion. So that you enter into relationship with the divine, which converts that which is in you back into its natural self, connected to God at a deeper level. And through the conversion experience now, you have reattached yourself in alignment to the great spirit of the divine God. And that conversion alignment now allows you now to feel the very presence of God at a deeper level. You are connected to that which is greater than yourself. See, some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all, you got converted and you got connected, but you never ran any juice through your line. You got hooked up, but you didn't use it. What do you mean, Reverend? Meaning you had access to the throne of grace, but never went there. You had access to power, but never used any. You had access to an anointing, but you never grabbed hold of it. You had access to healing, but you did not access the power that heals. Because the absolute dunamis power of God already dwells in you. Once you are converted, the conversion experience gives you 
access. Okay, so I'm going to give you all this. Y'all ain't got I'm, I'm, I know I'm a little deep today. Excuse me. How many of you have ever had a library card? Okay. In honesty, you have to, don't, don't raise your hand now because you don't even know. In honesty, did you ever really access it like you could have? There were thousands of books up there you never even looked at. Oh, yeah, that went over your head. I'll, I'll go another route. See, you, 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 how many of you ever had a gym membership? In honesty, did you ever really access it like you could have? So there's muscle that is waiting to be built and strength that is waiting to be gained and endurance that is waiting to be grabbed hold of that yet remains that you have access to but you have not taken advantage of. You have been using your access and not using your access based on your whims your entire life. That's why you don't know that it means something to access the presence of God because you have been deciding when you wanted to be saved and when you didn't, when you wanted to access and when you didn't. But I come to tell you now that the access God wants to give you is that you will be permanently connected to the anointing of God that yokes can be destroyed bodies can be healed deliverance can take place access I'm finished with this at some point lift up your hands before God because at some point there ought to be an expression of reverence. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on. At some point, there ought to be an expression of reverence. God, we worship you. God, we adore you. God, we thank you. At some point, you ought to be able to tell God, Lord, I love you. I know I may not have been everything you wanted me to be. I know I may not have done everything you wanted me to do, but God, it's not because I don't love you. Lord, I worship you today. God, I thank you for your anointing. Thank you that you've given me access. Access it, Reverend. Well, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, but now ask in my name, and it shall be done. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. Come boldly unto the throne of grace, there at which you can obtain mercy. The access is there. Always there. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory. I speak of all of your lives now. If you're in this place today, you are here not by accident. You did not come of your own volition. You were intended to be in this place today. You were intended to be sitting here listening to this word right now. There's something that God has for you. There's something supernatural going on in your life. And you are partnering with God right now for your future. But not just your future, but for the future of those whom you will participate in their salvation. So, Father, I bless you now for the word of God. I thank you even now that transformational ministry is underway, that we are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Thank you right now for what you're doing and what you have done. Speak afresh, even today, into our spirits that we might be available to thee in Jesus' name, amen. If there's somebody listening to me right now that doesn't have a church home or looking for a place of worship, I'm going to ask that you just slip your hand up. If you're in the sanctuary, if you're online, I'm going to ask you to call me or email me. Get a hold of us directly. We'll be delighted to receive you. But if you're in the sanctuary, one of the ushers will come by and give you a note, and I'll ask that immediately after service, if you just stay, we'll come right to you, and we'll share with you what God is doing in this place, and we love you in advance. Amen. I love you all the love of the Lord. I thank God for each of you. I'm praying for you. I'm going to ask now that you get your gifts, your tithes, and your offering, your gifts out. If you're sending it in, you can always mail it in. You can give by Cash App or by Givelify. You can give that way as well. We're not going to take and ask you to walk around to give. What we're going to do is say on your way out the door, if you would place your gifts in the basket on the way out the door with the ushers, and we'll to go from there. Because we just trust God. We've gotten along all these months trusting God. No sense in going back to the other system. We're just going to trust God. Amen? We're just going to trust God. So I'm going to just bless the offering. God, we bless you now. We bless offering, gift, and the giver. We thank you, God, that your people have learned how to be cheerful givers and have learned how to be givers, whether they're walking into the physical sanctuary or at home. Help us to maintain that. Help us not to be givers only when we're in the building, but help us to maintain our giving spirit that we can continue to spark the generosity of heaven to reach the earth on our behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love each one of you. You may be seated in the sanctuary.
here's what I want to do. <laughs> as the band gets ready to play, <coughs> as the band gets ready to play, I'm just going to remind you of a couple things. Tuesday, I'll be here for Bible study. So just tune in online Tuesday evening. One o'clock on Wednesday is prayer time. If you've never joined us for prayer, let me tell you about it. We give our prayers and our concerns first. I always give a meditation, which means it's probably a, a, a brief sermon, not one that I would do on Sunday morning, one that I do for that setting. So I don't recap my Sunday sermon on two on Wednesdays. I usually, God just gives me word and I just offer those. And then we pray together in accessory prayer. I'm gonna ask all through Lent that we, we pray intercessory prayers, but I also want us to pray prayers of gratitude. So gratitude first, and then intercession. Prayers of gratitude. We, <clears throat> I don't want to say we're ungrateful, but we're unmindful. And by unmindful, I mean we don't really think about how blessed we are because we compare ourselves to people who appear to be more blessed than we are. And in truth, we end up not enjoying what God has done for us because we're trying to enjoy what God did for somebody else. Drink water out your own well. Enjoy what God has done in your life. Because as bad as it may be to you, it could be worse. And believe me, <coughs> there are people across the world who think you live in a mansion. And I don't care where you're living. There are people across the world who see you, if you got more than one pair of shoes, who think you're rich. There are people across the world who see you if you have more than two or three shirts, think that you are spending luxuriously. And oh my God, if you got anything to drive in, you must be a superstar. Don't you forget, your blessings may not look like somebody else, but you thank him for your blessings. I don't care if you riding a hoopty. Get in there and say, thank you, Lord, my hoopty rolling. I'm, you know what's going to happen when you start practicing gratitude and everything? You're going to be happier. You're going to be happier. You're going to be happier about everything. You're going to be happy. I don't care what you eat, you're going to be happy. I don't care, I don't care how much you have, or how little you're gonna be happy. All of a sudden, you're gonna find out, you know what, my happiness is not tied to things. My happiness is not tied to happenings. My happiness is tied to how I feel about what's going on in my life. And if I feel good about it, then my... I love you all, the love of the Lord. Very briefly, as you get ready to walk out the door, you can, you can take your leave. 
If you desire to stay beyond, you may stay. I'm going to do a baby dedication immediately after, but the ushers will be allowing you to take a walk through the back aisle as we get ready to close. Amen. Ben, if you join me now, get ready to play. Come on, give me something good. Come on, let's celebrate with the band, y'all. bless his name God bless you my beloved go in peace and may the peace of God go with you and may you walk in divine love every single day and may you look for the opportunity to share with somebody else that may even save their lives in Jesus name Shalom peace out y'all Ushers, family, if you come down, 